another brutal loss in the books for the 49ers and we will recap the Niners Cardinals debacle on this episode of the 49 away podcast Jay Sohota Zach Chevy stay tuned keep it locked we got another Niner rant in us unfortunately as the Niners put on a horrible performance against the Arizona Cardinals JV squad we will break that down and we're just going to talk what is wrong with the Niners and try our best to pinpoint why the Niners are sitting at three and five currently and not five and three or better we'll talk about that as well break down the injury part and look ahead to Monday night football as the Niners will take on the Rams in week 10 so don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis and stay tuned and keep it locked Welcome back, faithful, to another episode of the 49 Away podcast coming to you in week 10 of the NFL as we are at the halfway point and what could go wrong has gone wrong for the San Francisco 49ers this point. Chevy, you weren't here with us after the Colts debacle, but you're here now for this Cardinals debacle, which might be even worse than what happened in week seven. Jay Sohota, Zach Chevy back at it here and I mean there's just a lot to digest and talk about and not a lot of positives at this rate yeah this game was brutal oh my gosh you're handed the Cardinals on a silver platter without Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt and what do you do you blow the game that it it was so hard to look at this game and take some positives out I truly believe that this is the telling point of our season we are 0-4 at home. That is ridiculous to be 0-4 at home. You can't be a playoff team when you're 0-4 at home. And when you lose to a team without their star quarterback, their star wide receiver, and a huge piece on defense and leadership in the room in J.J. Watt. You know, the Niners had an opportunity to win this game and be in the playoff hunt at 4-4, four and four, but they lost the game, and, and, and they lost it embarrassingly. The defense was atrocious. The offense started off terrible. Like, there's not real, really much positive stuff we can say. Now, there were positives from the game, but in just in general, it, it was not a good game to watch. Yeah, offensively, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really worried. I mean, the turnovers in the beginning definitely cost the momentum of the game. I think if Kittle didn't fumble that ball... Niners probably go and score on that drive. And there were a few uh, third downs where the drive stalled. And if we had picked them up, I I do think this game could have gone differently. But defensively, goodness gracious, we have a ridiculous amount of issues. And yes, the injuries definitely play, you know, a a part in in this cluster that it was. But I totally would go to blame the coaching staff before anything. And and I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't really think it's worth even getting into as we usually do every week. We go into, you know, inside the numbers, talk about the game itself. But I I do want to focus more this episode on what in the hell is wrong with the San Francisco 49ers when we had Super Bowl aspirations coming in and they're three and five. And I do, I personally do think that this is, you know, the worst, the worst result that, that you could have happened. I think if you could have pictured the Niners season falling apart at this point this is pretty bad last year we had all the excuses in the book and I'm going to be honest our defense had a way more fight last year than it has shown this year 
that's just from from watching and i'm sure a lot of people have been able to see that but i definitely want to focus a lot more on kind of dissecting what the problem is because i i swear to god i was just saying this yesterday too i i mean i've been a fan of this team for over a decade and this is probably the first 49ers team where i just i'm i'm confused i'm confused out of my down. mind yeah, let down. Let down is a great word. Disappointed, whatever you. Will, but I, I'm just. I'm so confused. We have all the pieces to be competitive, and I know we don't have a lot of guys at the moment. I know Greenlaw's been out. McGlinchey's now down for the year. I get that. Mostert, Verrett, Jimmy Ward. I totally get that. But you got Fred Warner and Bosa on defense, two of the best players in the NFL on the defensive side of the football. You have your quarterback there, which we haven't had available to us in two out of the last three years. George Kittle came back. Debo's having a career. Brandon Ayuk has finally woke up, and it's not Groundhog's Day anymore with him. Elijah Mitchell is, is has been running the ball really well, though he's not on this day and not the greatest day. All the attributes are there to win, and yet you lose to a Cardinals team with pretty much all all backups. I kid, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. And but I'd I'd love to hear you know what you gotta say and on what yeah. I mean, you, you put the game into a pretty good perspective, but just on on everything to this point. Well, we, we even talked about this after the game last week. We were saying, you know, it, it is confusing. The team is good, and uh, we don't really know what's going on. There's a couple areas that I clearly look at and see the huge problem. I think the biggest problem on our team is our secondary. Uh, I think that's not – it's not really a, a – question of what it is i think we know what it is and honestly we haven't been able to address it you know going into the year we said our depth our depth was weak and, and obviously you know getting jason barrett back was big but we knew that jason barrett is injury prone you can label jason barrett as injury prone because he's been injured for most of his career so we didn't really have a backup plan to what happens when or if slash when jason barrett gets injured and what has happened, we've had hot garbage Josh Norman. You know, we've had sloppy coverage every game. We've had bad penalties that it, instead of taking the defense off the field and bringing the offense on, has kept their offense on the field and has usually led to points. And, and as much as I love Fred, he has not been the same as last year. You no. know, he, he's been great. He's, he's our leading tackler. He, he's the heart of our defense, but he has not shown the same – energy as he did last year you know some people are wondering oh is it because Sala left is it the new coach I don't know what it is but all I know is Fred Warner is not the same the only saving grace of our defense is our defensive front and our defensive line Nick Bosa has been really good this year Eric Armstead's been decent this year having Bosa back really helps but even our defensive line they can't stop the run our, our defense has so many holes in it that it just can't it, it can't be contained Every time it goes out there, uh, an offense exposes at least one of the holes. If the run game gets stopped up by the Niners defense, they go to the passing game. And what happens? Our quarterbacks either give up stupid penalties or have that bad coverage. This is the problem with our defense. Now, looking at our offense, it's been the turnovers, man. Like, I don't understand how you can have this many turnovers in an offense. The turnovers and the run game. You know, as you said this week, Elijah Mitchell's been great, and he's been a good constant for the running game, but the running game this week sucked. The running game, actually, in general, for most of the season, has sucked with a lot of our running backs injured. Like, I'm going to say that it's not like we've been fortunate in health in the running back area, but 
Kyle Shanahan, who's a notable offensive guru by a lot of people, including myself, I thought he was very good offensively, has not been able to con- to make plays for this offense. You know, I, I, I'm really starting to question Kyle Shanahan's leadership. Now, do I think Kyle Shanahan will ever get the boot uh, or will get the boot after the season? I, I don't think so. You know, I think him and Lynch have a plan with Trey Lance. And I think next year is going to be a huge telling year for the team. But this team is not heading in the right direction. You see glimpses with Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle. Our offense is looking good, but in general, this team just needs a look at it and needs to reevaluate themselves. Nah, no, no doubt. And, um, you know, there, there are definitely a few things I wanted to point out, too, when looking at the team itself, at least from watching. Three guys that the Niners did not bring back, well, one of them got traded, that I think the Niners are missing a lot. And number one, this one we've talked about multiple times, that's DeForest Buckner. I don't think our defensive line would be as bad as it is right now. No offense to Eric Armstead. He's been good, but DeForest Buckner's great. That's the difference. And I don't need to, to repeat myself because we've, you and I and many, many other Niner fans have said this over and over again that, you know, Buckner would have been different. But just when I watch games like this, it, it does just, I can't help but to think about it and be like, if Defoe was here, we would have had more energy on this D-line. Him and Bosa would have been such a better pairing because here's the reality of the situation. We traded DeForest Buckner for a first-round pick who turned into Javon Kinlaw. Where's Javon Kinlaw, Right. Javon yep. Kinlaw's not on the football field. He's on injured reserve, right? That's my thing because DeForest Buckner, knock on wood that he stays healthy for Indianapolis, but DeForest Buckner hasn't been injured as much, hardly. And I know Armstead also, knock on wood, has been fairly healthy as well. But when you look at productivity, for every Niner fan who's been watching this team year in, year out, knows DeForest Buckner was way more productive than Eric Armstead was. So that's number one. And I'm not going to go on with that because we've gone on enough about DeForest Buckner and being an Niner fan. But I just, I truly do think losing him was a really, really big deal to this defense. Number two, Matt Breida. I don't know why everyone thinks this is like an under-the-radar pick. Matt Breida, first of all, I, I read a Bleach Report article, and they're saying get teams who should look into trades before the trade deadline. So the trade deadline's passed now. And they're saying the Niners should have trade like a fifth rounder or some, something like that for Matt Breida. Where is Matt Breida? Matt Breida's getting nothing in Buffalo. In fact, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who are running back one and two, aren't even getting anything in Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't have a run game at all. Matt Breida's sitting there being inactive every week when he was the leading rusher for the 49ers team right now when Jeff Wilson's down. Well, thank God he's back, but obviously didn't get any touches last week. He'll get eased into things. Mostert's gone for the year. I would have really... And Trey Sermon, like we've been talking about for the past weeks. What the hell is going on there with Trey Sermon? He's on it. Jermichael Hasty's not really getting involved either. Would have made total sense to bring back Matt Breida because Breida, yes, he's a small back, but he honestly has been one of the best running backs in the Kyle Shanahan era in these last four or five years. Right, and I think yeah. you could probably agree to that. Matt Breida is another one, and number three, Kendrick Bourne. I know KB is not the most savviest wide receiver or whatever, not the biggest guy, but no offense to Mohamed Sanu. I know there's been all this talk in the offseason about him bulking up or whatever. Kendrick Bourne would have been way more productive than Mohamed Sanu, and the Niners need a third receiver to kind of keep things going. Kendrick Bourne would have helped that. Kendrick Bourne's doing great in New England, not amazing, but that's Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's great, not amazing. The Niners could have used Kendrick Bourne, even if it was for another one-year deal. He got his bank, or he, he got the bank in, in New England, which is as he deserves. 
But I'm just saying that's another guy that we let go for I don't know what. So that yeah. that's kind of my thing there of some guys who I think would have helped this team. And also, most importantly here, out of those losses, Robert Sala. Robert Sala, mm-hmm. Mike LaFleur, John Benton, all the guys that Sala took to New York. Because like you mentioned, Kyle Shannon is a play caller. Yes, he's having a very off year when it comes to play calling. No question. I'm not going to you know beat around the bush there. But Kyle Shannon's still an amazing play caller. As a leader, which as a head coach, you have two obligations. And one, it is to be a play caller. And two, it is to be a leader of men. Kyle Shanahan is failing in one of those regards right now, and that is leading. Because I mentioned this on the other podcast, Baller Island, yesterday, saying this about this about this game the, with, with the Cardinals, this, this very game. I said, Cliff Kingsbury had his team ready to play, ready to come in, focused, prepared, even without their stars, and they came away with the win. Kyle Shanahan did not have the 49ers ready in this game. They didn't look prepared. They didn't look focused. If that was the case, the Niners would have won this football game. Yeah, no doubt. I actually want to add a name to that list. Uh, And it's someone that wasn't on the Niners for a long time. You know, he had his big season last season. And he's not necessarily doing the best. But I think he could have been a nice addition. And that's Kerry Hyder Jr. You know, last year with Bosa out, Kerry Hyder was killing it for this defense. I'm pretty sure he had eight and a half sacks for us last year. And what did we do? We tried to replace him by spending more money to get Samson Ebukam, who hasn't done anything. Hardly I would have loved to see Kerry Hyder on the opposite of Nick Bosa, just rushing mm-hmm. the quarterback. And I just think that would have been great for this entire team. And I think it, we would have, A, saved money with signing him because he signed for uh, 6.8 mil for two years, where we signed Ebukam for 12 mil over two years. So yeah, we, we saved some him. money. We definitely overpaid Ebukam. He was not worth the deal that we signed yeah, to. and we we talked about that in march too yeah yeah exactly we, we said when we saw that signing that we weren't necessarily the biggest fans of it and now everything is showing why we're not the biggest fans of it i think you could have used that money to keep carrie hyder and used him uh with nick bosa maybe if d ford's in there you have that rotation but he would have been a great person on the opposite of nick bosa rushing the quarterback that's that's just someone that I thought uh, should be brought up because I, I really liked Kerry Hyder last year. I know he's not having the same year in Seattle, but who's, who are you to blame? You know, there's no one really on Seattle to help him out there. Yeah, and that's a that's an excellent point because last year um, we were using Kerry Hyder inside and outside, right? We moved him mm-hmm. around quite a bit. And again, the same question that I posed to Javon Kinlaw, where's D Ford right now, right? Where's D Ford? D Ford's on injured reserve. Right. Samson Ebukam. Yeah, he was I liked him a lot with the Rams and I thought that he would be a nice fit for us. But like you mentioned, he hasn't really done anything this year. He hasn't done a lot. I don't know why that is or if he's just not getting involved. I I, I don't know. I don't really have any answers at this point, but you're damn right about that. Kerry Hyder and Nick Bosa. Yeah, it would have provided a lot more passers. No question. I, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, this defense is just. It's for me. I know you're talking about Fred Warner. Yeah, Freddie's definitely not the same as last year. He's still one of our better players, and he still makes plays, but nowhere near as last year, right? But it, you you can't expect last year to be every year. But then Fred Warner, the guy that he is, because here's the thing: when it was Patrick Willis, we got that Patrick Willis every year, right? Oh, it wasn't yeah. his old one year down year. No, we got the same Patrick Willis for eight years straight. Navarro Bowman, same thing, right? We Navarro Bowman had an amazing year. But he, we had we got five, six amazing years out of him. 
Fred Warner's got to be better. And I think he knows that. See, the thing that I like about Fred Warner as a leader is he is he takes accountability. After every one of these losses, he sat up there and he's been like, that was an embarrassing loss. That can't happen. I haven't heard anything of that from, from Kyle Shanahan or anybody else. You're like, it, it, And that's the thing for me. Like, you got to take accountability and change something. I it, It's now Wednesday, three days now since this ugly loss. And I'm shocked that I haven't seen a report yet of one of these guys, Kittle, Freddie, Garoppolo, uh, Trent Williams, any of, the, any of these captains being like, dude, we need to have a players-only meeting right now because that's what this yeah. team needs. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think there's a lot of leadership question, questioning going on. I think there's just a lot of questioning about players. They're doubting themselves. Are they, are they good enough, you know? you have a game like that and something's got to switch. There's got to be coaches got to have a meeting. Players got to have a meeting. Everyone's going to have a meeting to discuss what went wrong and how they can fix it. But you know, those meetings only help a little bit. It's all about the mindset. You got to make sure you're still in that positive mindset and going into next week. But as a Niners fan, Looking at this team, looking at how they performed and going next week against the Rams, I have no confidence in us winning. Zero confidence. You know, we can't be the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins Cardinals. Why can we be the number one defense with Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Matthew Stafford, and uh, Sean McVay in the Rams? Like, we, we can't beat them. I, I have no confidence in this team after last week. Uh, and, and I don't think I should have confidence in this team. It was a sloppy performance. You know, I just don't know what else to say. Dude, you're worried about Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Man, you you mentioned our secondary at the top of this episode. Oh, We're yeah. facing Cooper Cup. This oh, guy's going to kill us. He's going to torch this secondary, man. This guy's going to go for like 300 yards. Aaron yep. Donald and Von Miller. I'm not worried about them. I'm just worried if our defense can like stop a chipmunk because they couldn't do that on Sunday against James Conner. James Conner was looking like Barry Sanders. <laughs> I just, it's, it's unbelievable, man. But here, here's the reality of the situation. And this is to all Niner fans. Cause I know we're all, we're all just like, I mean, I, I can't, t- if you're, if you're positive at this rate, you are just a good human being. <laughs> if you, if you're positive yeah. about the Niners at this point saying, let's go Hey, listen, I admire the positivity. I myself try my best to be as positive. I can, but like, I mean, let's be real, man. Like, we're facing a Rams team that's coming off a loss. McVay hasn't beaten us in two years. Do you not think McVay wants to beat us? He wants to beat us oh, more yeah. than anything. The Rams are going to come in hot. They're going to come in to win this game. Von Miller's probably going to be active. We don't have Mike McGlinchey. It's, it, it, you know, the expectation is we're going to get crushed, right? Yeah. We all, we're all kind of expecting that time. So when it happens, we're not going to be surprised, right? We're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But, Here's the reality of the situation. This is for all Niner fans listening to this. And, and we got to split the next two. Those Rams, even if we flopped against the Cardinals, we know we got the Rams. Right? Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like, like it's just if you can't beat the Kyler Murray Cardinals, Kyler Murray list Cardinals how can you beat these this Ram team I I just don't have faith in the team winning and and like it's kind of late to get into oh we should probably start making a push to the playoffs now we're three and five man two games under 500 in the toughest division and we haven't won a single game at home is that not concerning everyone we haven't won a single we've won three games on the road which is hey that is very impressive don't get me wrong three and one on the road is very impressive but if you can't win a game at home you're not going to make the playoffs 
We let alone win a game in the playoffs. If we lose one more home game, I think I might have to start a GoFundMe to rebuild Candlestick Park. <laughs> like I, I, I can't do this anymore, man. I hate Levi Stadium. Like it's, I've never liked it since it's built, and like the fact that we had a playoff game at Levi Stadium just that's why, honestly, like that's why that that season felt like a dream because Levi Stadium has been a haunted house for six years now. And yep. for some reason, 2019 was just an anomaly. And it was just, everything was going right. It was packed. And the, the, we had a home field advantage, which never happens. Like, like, literally, ever since we left Candlestick, the Niners have not had a true home field advantage. But back to the Rams game and the point, absolutely. Why should we have confidence in the Niners going into this game? They've given us every reason to not have confidence in them. But... This is what I'm saying for this team, for these leaders. You have an opportunity. We talked about it, right? You got to split these next two games. You screwed up big time against the Cardinals. Now you have a really big opportunity to beat the Rams on Monday night, get your shit together, and get back on track. Because you know who we got after the Rams? Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Tennessee is the only team in there where I'm like, yeah, that's a hard game. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are facing the same Jacksonville Jaguars team that just put beat the Bills. Absolutely. Let's put some respect on their name. Abs- no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone everyone has got to be thinking that that game is by any – none of these games are a cakewalk. None of it. This is the NFL for crying out loud. But when you look at our roster, even though we've had an absolutely atrocious first half of the season, because the reality of the situation is – I could see us losing to Cincy easily. I could see us losing to Atlanta easily. Seattle, Minnesota. I could see us losing four straight games right there if we played the same way that we've been playing. But that's what I'm saying. If they turn things around against LA, which obviously we've been waiting for that to happen and it hasn't happened, you have a winnable schedule. That's what I'm trying to say. Where If you're trying to stay optimistic, you beat sure. this, you win this game and you beat the Rams. That's a lot of confidence that you're getting going into a, a, a the rest of the schedule with a lot of winnable games on your hand. It's not over yet for the Niners, although it most definitely feels like it because we look like absolute trash. So that's the reality of the situation is that the opportunity's there, but what Niners team are we going to get, right? That's the question. And, and we're all expecting to see the same kind of same shit that we've been seeing for the last seven, eight weeks. And it just hasn't been pretty. So Monday night is, it's a, it's a big game, not just for the season, but it's a big game for the Kyle Shannon era because the questions are looming. And if you get to three and six, the questions are really going to loom. And one more point bef- uh, before we keep this ring rolling here, I do want to say this take in for the last, not even just this year, last year, 2019, 2018, the rumors about Jimmy Garoppolo were endless. Jimmy Garoppolo was one of the only positive things in this game. He played, in my opinion, at least, good. Like there was a, that interception like at the end. That interception at the end was not his fault. It's not. It's not his fault. The Niners are down by like twenty-one points, and he has to play comeback with four minutes left. Right. That's the. I blame that. Other than that, Jimmy was fine. He was moving the ball. It's not Jimmy's fault when George Kittle fumbles the ball or Debo Samuel's dropping balls. That's not Garoppolo's fault. Garoppolo's the least of my concerns right now. But the rest of the team, they got to do something. Yeah, you know, we've been talking a lot of negative on this show uh, for this episode and deservedly so because this Nier team doesn't really deserve our praise 
But I will want to give some praise to some of the players from last week. And, you know, some people I'm excited to see uh, in the game on Monday. And number one is Brandon Ayuk. You Absolutely, know, man. He, Great to been, see him. Yeah, he's been in the doghouse all season. And it's so nice to see him get out of that doghouse. Had eight targets, six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He did have a fumble, which was an unfortunate fumble because he made it a phenomenal catch. And then just got up and, you know, the ball was knocked out of him. But uh, he, he's been, uh, you know, on, a, on the right path. And, and once we get him going and, you know, you could see clearly Kittle was dying to be back on the field and did a great job this week with 101 yards and a touchdown. You know, having that those three three guys and Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all, ju- all just be there and be great offensive pieces for Jimmy G – as long as we can contain the turnovers, I, as you said, I'm not worried about this offense. You know, this offense is showing a glimmer of hope. I do want the run game to get going, and I do think the passing game is going to be uh, a big element in this week because, you know, you do have Mike McGlinchey out and, and their offensive line is a little banged up. But uh, I think we need to continue to get the run game going. I love what we see out of Elijah Mitchell. I would love to get Jeff Wilson into a game if we can. Uh, maybe they wanted an extra week of practice. I'm not too sure. But, uh, you know, I, I really have a faith in this offense. The defense, not the same thing. I, I, I have faith a bit in our defensive line, as I said. I think that's the shining star of our team with Armstead and Bosa leading the way. But, you know, I, I don't really have too much optimism on defense. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. The offense is fine, but I, I am worried about the right side of the O-line right now. McGlinchey was actually playing much better. That, that, that to me is a big loss. Anytime you lose anybody on the offensive line, it's a big loss. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad it just wasn't Trent Williams, to be quite honest with you, but Mike is, a, is a also a very, very big part of this offense, and he's also another captain of this offense, right? A vocal leader that this team needs and to have him not there is a big deal on and off the football field. And I, I trust Jalen Moore. I do think that's the best option because God, God's sake, there's no way I could handle more than more than 10 minutes of Tom Compton. I cannot handle that, but Jalen Moore would be the right decision, but it's, an, it's, it's very unfortunate because you know, this is something that we've been talking about since April. The, the, the obvious situation would be, Plug Aaron Banks in at guard and shift Brunskill over to tackle. That would be the most yeah. obvious move, but we don't know what the hell's going on with Aaron Banks. He's in a doghouse. All the all the rookies are in a doghouse. <laughs> like I don't I don't understand it. I don't that's another thing I don't understand. And I, I that would have been the most logical decision, but said Jalen Moore, who we drafted two rounds up, then Aaron, Aaron Banks drafted in the second round, is inactive, and yet Jalen Moore is probably gonna start. Yeah, I, I was actually gonna bring that up. You know, they, we talked about how you know, they took Aaron Banks in the second round. We thought in preseason, maybe Banks would get the start at right guard. I don't know. He, they, they really spent draft capital on him. They, they even traded down because they didn't think it was right to pick him there. They thought it was a bit too early. What I don't understand is what I thought they should have done and what I would have done if I was making the pick instead of trading down, I would have taken Trayvon Moreg, who's having a great season for the Raiders playing safety. And yes, safety, you know, we did have Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart, but I think Trayvon Moreg is a top safety in this league as a rookie. And I think he would have added so much to the secondary, especially, you know, we know that Tart goes on IR every year. Jimmy Ward's always injured. It would have just helped to have that depth. 
And we're not even using Aaron Banks. We didn't need to trade down. We didn't need to take Aaron Banks in the second round. It's a waste of a pick if you're not going to use him. You Use your guys that you're drafting if you believe in them. And if you don't believe in them, why are you drafting them? So I, I just think it's been a bit of a mishandle of the year. All I hope is that the future of the Niners lies in Trey Lance's hands. I, oh, yeah. I don't I don't really want to, you know, put a lot of pressure on the kid, but it is in the kid. We traded all of our first round picks basically for him. You know, our, our pick next in the draft next year is going to be high, potentially a top 10 pick. And that's just shipped over to the Dolphins because the Niners aren't able to win games this year. And, you know, originally when we made that trade to get Trey Lance, I thought it was a great trade because my my understanding was we were going to be a decent team this year, whether we'd make the playoffs or not, and, and our pick wouldn't be good enough in order to warrant that we could have traded it. Whereas now, if it's a top 10 pick, you look kind of foolish for trading up and taking Trey Lance, unless Trey Lance is the guy. And we won't know that until Trey Lance is given the keys to the team. And maybe that'll be next year. You know, I think there's a chance it could be this year, you know, especially if we're not in that playoff uh, hunt, you may, you may see that Trey Lance gets more reps at quarterback, more reps against uh, secondaries and defenses, just, just so he can, the more reps you get, the more prepared you are. And, and as much as I don't want to throw him in just to throw him in, it may just be time when we've decided it's time to throw in the towel. Yeah, and I think that's, that is going to be the situation with Trey Lance. But I mean, you look at rolling back to, um, our comment about the draft class for this season. And I wanted to revisit every pick and just see where they are right now. Trey Lance round one back up to Jimmy G Aaron Banks round two inactive almost every week. Trey Sermon round three inactive more times than not only started because four running backs ahead of him got injured. Ambry Thomas also round three. Haven't seen him at all. Also been inactive majority of the time. Jalen Moore round five has had one start, but been a backup majority of the time. Lenore, also round five, had two starts at the beginning of the year, been inactive ever since. Hofunga, only starting because Joukowsky Tart's hurt, otherwise it would have been a backup. Round six, Elijah Mitchell, starter because Raheem Mostert is injured. Like, really, other than Elijah Mitchell, everybody else is a backup uh, or inactive. Know, well, well I, I think, you know, you get value picks with Hafunga and Lenore as they've actually provided value on the team, and you can see them – you know, they're rookies. When, when you draft a rookie in the later rounds, I don't necessarily expect them to start right away. I think they're more of a development project. So to see Lenore and see the glimpse of uh, hope in him and, and, and to see what he can be, I, I think that was a good pick. And same with Hufunga. And, and Mitchell obviously was a steal. The sixth round pick, Shanahan knows what to do with those speedy running backs who aren't necessarily the most flashiest running backs. And he's done a good job with them. I don't the sermon pick. We we clearly didn't need him when we drafted Elijah Mitchell. We could have used that pick maybe in our secondary. I don't know the Ambry Thomas pick. Uh, as they said, that was going to be more of a project than a sure thing right away guy. So I understand why he isn't in yet. But I'm just hoping that next year Ambry Thomas shows why he was worth the third round pick. But in general, you're right. It, it's just it, it's a bit ridiculous seeing how. You know, we we spend a lot of draft capital uh, on, on positions we need and, and we're not even using them when we clearly need them into the game. So I, I don't know. I, I There's clearly has to be something that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are seeing in Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon 
uh, that they drafted them. But I, I just don't understand why you don't use them. That's that's exactly what I'm saying, man. Like <laughs> you're right. The draft the draft class is good. They're all good players, right? We've seen all of them, whether it's been in preseason or regular season. They're all deep. We've all seen them at their highs and lows. But my thing is exactly to that point. Why aren't we using them? Why aren't we using Trey Lance more in terms of packages? I don't understand. Like, isn't that not going to help the offense a little bit? It helped jumpstart us against Green Bay, helped us get going. And then Jimmy G went in there. When we saw Lance and Garoppolo doing it in the last preseason game, it looked amazing with all the guys who have got Kittle back, Debo. I like you just put all the pieces together. Why aren't we doing more of that in the secondary? Why aren't we giving Lenore and, and Ambry Thomas more reps? Because really, when I look at it, we got nothing to lose. Our secondary sucks right now. Josh Norman and Drake Patrick are horrible. Like, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like, just you might as well yeah. just do it. We're sitting at three and five. We had nothing to lose. And in fact, and what's the worst that can happen is if they go out there, they get cooked by Cooper Cup, who's having a career year. They're getting reps. Because if Lenore and Ambry Thomas are going to be here in the future, they're going to have to face him twice a year anyways. That's the way that I look at it personally, but I don't know. Shanahan and Lynch would rather have washed up Norman and Kirkpatrick get destroyed by Eno Benjamin, seventh rounder out of our Arizona State, literally trucked Drake Kirkpatrick, the winner of Angry Runs this week on Good Morning Football. Goodness gracious me. Like, I couldn't even get upset at that. I was like, this is the product that we're seeing out there, but I don't, I don't know, man. And, and going back to the, to your Trey Lance point as well. Absolutely, man. He, he is really Shanahan's last savior, right? He can't do anything else there. You drafted, you sacrificed the future for Trey Lance, which is why I don't think Kyle Shanahan will be gone. I know everyone's on the hot seat right now. He won't be gone this year because they gave Shanahan an extension they traded up for Trey Lance. You can't just fire Shanahan and then leave Trey Lance for nothing when Lance was Shanahan's guy. That makes no sense. You have to at least give them a year, see how it pans out, then make your decision on what you want to do after that because Trey Lance doesn't deserve that. Kyle Shanahan, as bad as he's been as a leader right now, also doesn't deserve that. They need a year to see Trey Lance together because when I look at the offense, all the pieces are there. Right, We got our wide receivers. We have our tight end. We have our offensive line. They're all locked in for the future, right? Debo's going to get paid. Bosa's going to get paid. All the pieces are there on offense. It's just Trey Lance. And it's not like, again, like we just mentioned, Garoppolo. Garoppolo's last two games have been fairly good. They haven't been bad. So other than that, I don't know what the hell's going on with the offense. So defense is really the, the, the situation on that note. And then rolling to the injury report ahead of Monday's game, your boy Jalen Hurd is likely gone for the year. I'm shocked he's still on the roster. <laughs> well, bye. Honest with you, it's. I mean, speaking of of draft class L's, I mean, I I can't. I I have nothing to say on that note. Just a really really bad, um, bad luck with that. McGlinchey, like we mentioned, gone for the year with a torn quad. That's a a definitely a tough loss there. Muhammad Sanu's doubtful with a knee injury. Jimmy Ward's questionable. Oh my God, I hope Jimmy Ward is healthy. Because Tavon Wilson is not healthy. He is doubtful with a foot injury. So the question goes to come, who the hell is going to be playing safety if neither can go? So I'm praying to God that Jimmy Ward is healthy to go because we need him out there badly. And then Maurice Hurst is questionable um, also in that game. So the injury report isn't as bad. We got some issues at safety. But other than that, Josh Norman also dealing with broken ribs. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do a corner as well this week. So the Niners got some secondary issues. No surprise there. Um, even if everyone was healthy, we have secondary issues 
there. So before we wrap the things up, let's just, I mean, take a few minutes to talk about Monday night's matchup against the Rams here. Obviously, we know what the expectation is. We're expecting to get killed, but let, let's try and be a little optimistic here because here's the thing. Yeah. The last two, especially last year, when the Niners have played the Rams, they've been struggling and then they beat the Rams for momentum, right? They were two and three last year. They needed a win. They beat the Rams on Sunday night. Then later in the year, they're sitting at four and six. They need to beat the Rams. They beat them. Obviously, Matthew Stafford's quarterback now, not Jared Goff. The Niners, I'll be honest with you, it's, this isn't even a matter of fact of defense or offense. You need to play a pretty much perfect game to win this game. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. You can't turn the ball over. You can't get penalty. And if you are going to turn the ball over, you got to get turnovers in return. You got to do something to equal the playing field. But turning the ball over is a no-no. You got to get stops. You got to score points. You can't turn the ball over. And don't penalize yourself, which is shocking, because the Niners only did it three times on Sunday. You would have thought it would have been way worse, but they didn't. They did not penalize themselves a lot. You can't do any of that in this game. You're going to need to play near perfect to knock off the Rams. Yeah, you know, I, I think there there is a slight chance, obviously, that we can win against the Rams. The Rams aren't the perfect team. They lost last week to uh, the Titans. You know, they, they didn't look great. I ended up watching all of that game on, I'm pretty, it was the Sunday nighter. Yeah. It, yeah. I watched that Sunday night game. And, and, you know, there is, the Rams are beatable. They're not uh, an un an undefeated unstoppable team you know that they right now what they're trying to do is use motions use bootlegs to open up to get the defensive lines running the other way and then open up the uh secondary and find their guys and as we said cooper cup is gonna feast on us or i don't trust our defense enough to say that uh we can have turnovers we can't have a single turnover the moment we turn over the ball we lose the game because the, like I just don't trust the defense enough against this Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay offense. And, and another person who goes a bit underappreciated is Daryl Henderson. You know, he's all reliable there in Los Angeles. You know, they don't have Cam Akers this season, so Henderson's their lead back, and he's been great for the Rams, getting getting garbage time touchdowns when they need him, and just running the ball, changing the pace. So I, 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 just, I just don't know. I, personally, I, I don't see a big path to winning this game. But if we do win this game, it has to be through our offense and, you know, our defense doing something to try and contain this loaded team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the difference between staying afloat and just really hitting rock bottom because we, we thought we've hit rock bottom. I don't think anyone wants to find out what, this kind of rock bottom would feel like if the Niners dropped to three and six, oh and five at home, oh and four in the division. Like, oh my goodness, God! Like, I, I, like, I, I saw more fight from our 2017 team that was one in ten at this point. Like, like it's 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 pathetic at this point. Like, we got to get our shit together, show some fight, win a goddamn game, beat the Rams, and show everyone that we're not dead yet. And it starts with Kyle Shannon. He's got to call a perfect game. And one more aspect of this game that we talked about turnovers and all this stuff, time of possession. The Niners have got their ass kicked in time of possession the last two weeks, including the Bears game. They got destroyed in time of possession. Run the football, win time of possession. That is one of your best bets. Turn. That's it. Time of possession, don't turn the ball over. I like our chances of winning this game. But obviously, like we said, the reason my time of possession is so big is because our defense can't stop anybody. So a lot of a lot of things to shore up here, but big game. I don't know. I'm not sure how much more faith we have left in us. We'll call it the faithful, but I, I really don't. As of right now, we're just full. So 
We got a lot to do. Niners have a big game here coming up against Rams. Chevy, final thoughts? Final thoughts. I think Brandon Ayuk continues his hawk game. I think Debo Samuel is hopefully a bit healthier and the offense explodes for a big game, but we ultimately lose to the Rams. The Niners are 4-0 and against the Rams in the last two years. And, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's never lost to Sean McVay and the Rams. And I'm praying to God that continues because Jimmy G has been fine, personally. He's had one atrocious game against the Colts. Other than that, he's been fairly decent this season. I know a lot of people say otherwise. He's got to have a great game, lead us to victory. And this defense, for God's sakes, just get a few stops and maybe we have a chance. But I don't know, man. Next week could be either a disaster or we regain our faith. But that'll do it from this episode of the 49 Away Podcast. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And hopefully the Niners will get a Monday night win at Levi's Stadium for the first time in a long time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. We got a lot more Niner content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.